Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asian markets are trading higher this morning, but Sydney is hovering around the flat line. In Tokyo, the Nikkei is up more than 1%. The latest economic data there shows that industrial output is rising, but retail sales are down. Seoul, meanwhile, is up nearly 1%. Joining me now for a look at the numbers is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. How are you this Monday? Morning, Michelle. Happy Monday. How was your weekend? Really good, thanks. And yours? Uh, always good to have a weekend, so coming fresh into Monday. Yeah, sounding good. We're going to start in Tokyo today, where Prime Minister Shinzo Abe abruptly announced on Friday that he will resign. Abe cited health issues. Now, he is Japan's longest-serving Prime Minister. He's 65, perhaps best known for Abenomics, mm. the program of easy money, fiscal spending, deregulation. And that boosted Japan's economy, at least until the U.S.-China trade war and COVID took its toll. Abe has no clear successor, Ryan. So do we have a sense yet of who the leading candidates are? Yeah, so a big change in the political landscape in Japan. For so long, he has been the face for Japan on the political stage. So like you mentioned, longest serving prime minister. So the big question is, will this change now create instability? And there are a couple of names being thrown into the ring. And I'm looking at a couple of headlines couple of names seem to surface as the top runners. So seems like two of them stand out from the rest. You've got um, one of them is Shigeru Ishiba. He is the foreign or the former minister for defense and regional vitalization. So he's long been a top rival within the LDP party. And the other one that seems to stick out is um, this other name. And he is cabinet, Chief Cabinet Secretary Yoshihide Suga. So these are the two names that seem to be leading the pack. And among the pack, you've also got Defense Minister Taro Kano, foreign, former Foreign Minister Fumio Kishida, Economy Minister Yasutoshi Nishimura, and you've got the Welfare Minister, Labor and Welfare Minister, Katsunobu Kato, and Foreign Minister Toshimitsu Motigi. So like you can tell, there is a long list of names. No clarity yet until the Japanese parliament sits in the middle of September and they will vote and choose who will be the next leader. But the big question, of course, will Abenomics continue without mm. Shinzo Abe? Yeah, and on that note, have you seen market reaction to the shock resignation? So on Friday, we had the announcement, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe stepping down due to health reasons. The initial reaction was a sell-off. So the Japanese markets were down by 1.4%. And you had the safe haven Japanese yen up by 0.7%. So that strengthened against the US dollar. So dollar yen coming down to around 105.4. So in the early hours of trading this morning, Mm -hmm. just uh, looking at the um, opening numbers, we are actually seeing Japanese markets bouncing back. So more than making up for the sell-off on Friday, we are looking at the Japanese markets back up by 1.7%. And no big reactions yet or changes to the dollar-yen level. So still at around 105.4. I'm just looking at it right now. Yep, so no changes there. But of course, um, as the headlines come in, uh, we will be seeing investors trying to make sense of what's happening. And the question of abonomics. So far, the consensus from analysts is that it will continue. There will be no major shakeups on that front. So the weakening monetary policy is likely to continue. But I guess what to watch out for is the 
other domestic policies? Will the next leader want to continue those policies um, more domestically? So on the foreign stage, not likely any changes, but I guess look out for um, what's going to happen in terms of the more smaller items. All right, and another related story to Japan, Warren Buffett revealing this weekend that Berkshire Hathaway has accumulated stakes in five of Japan's leading trading companies, including Mitsubishi, Mitsui and Company, and Sumitomo. So Buffett currently has about a 5% stake in each of these trading companies, but he says that he could accumulate more. How do these purchases fit in with Buffett's famous buy-and-hold investment strategy? (laughs) Yeah, so 5% stake in each of them, all that will be valued at around $6.25 billion based on Friday's last closing price. So the idea or what's been happening is in the top, in the past 12 months, he has been accumulating all these stakes. So it's finally reached above 5%. So he's just announced it. And according to his plans, he will keep them for the long term. And he might buy up to 9.9% of each um, company. So that's what he has guided for. It's also interesting to see uh, this big push into Asia. So we've got, or at least outside of the US, for a long time, he's bought the likes of conglomerates like Coca-Cola, um, the likes of Apple. But this is an interesting shift looking to Japan. And this also continues the, I guess, venture into Asia. He's bought BYD in China. That is the electric vehicle battery company. Uh, he's also got some purchases in Brazil, this payment company called Stone Co. And also, he's making the announcement on his 90th birthday. So happy birthday, Ron Buffett. (laughs) To the man who has everything. Fantastic. Interestingly, Mm. Bill Gates, his good friend, has baked him an Oreo cake. And it's interesting as well, he's dropped a couple of nuggets, um, Mm. some trivia. He has uh, an office phone. So on the speed dial, mm-hmm. there are only two numbers on the speed dial. On his wife on whose office on phone? On Bill Gates' oh, okay. um, phone. So mm. Bill Gates has only his wife and Warren on speed dial. Two numbers. Wow. Well, I'd have Warren on speed dial too if I had his number. That's for sure. And then I'd like, I'd like a slice of cake too. All right, uh, Ryan, in other corporate news, a familiar name. Do you want to guess which company we're going to talk about? <laughs> Well, there are so many companies making headlines, but uh, if it is about US and China, I guess it is TikTok. Correct. It is another installment of the TikTok reality show, this time the Bachelorette installment. TikTok has so many suitors, you see. There's Microsoft, there's Oracle, there's Twitter, even Walmart. But they face a new obstacle if they are to wed TikTok and acquire its US operations. And this is the Chinese government, which now says any sale will need Chinese regulatory approval. Can you sum up this latest installment <laughs> wow. of the saga? Looks like um, the parent is throwing another string or adding another string to the relationship. So what's going on is um, what's happened over the weekend is China pretty much putting AI technologies on the export control list on the grounds of national security. So Mm. anything that can do speech and text recognition, that can analyze data to make personalized content recommendations, that will require special government permits to be sold or exported. So it's being seen, though, as not ruling out a sale, but just putting or buying more time to prolong it. So I think they are just putting this as a form of a hardball type of negotiation just to drag things out. 
And I suppose narrowing the field of the competition between U.S. and China, sharpening it a little bit more, AI technology is coming to the fore because it's so explicitly named here. All right, let's turn to the stock markets now. Another Chinese news before we do that. The country's biggest banks have posted their worst profits in more than a decade. Bad debts are the culprit. So historically, Chinese financial institutions have paid large dividends, but that policy now being threatened by the bank's drop in first half earnings. So is the second half of the year, what is that likely to have in store for China's banks, given what we know and their shareholders? Yeah, so profits down by more than 10%, and that is the worst profit drop in more than a decade. So the big four companies, uh, or these are banks, ICBC, BOC, CCB, and ABC. So all of them are really struggling. Sound like a traffic report there. (laughs) With COVID-19 going on, right? And if I look at the numbers, you've got loans and advances rising between 7 and 10% in the first half. And converse, and um, simultaneously, you have bad debt surging. So it is a sign of trouble. Even though you've got people defaulting, you are still lending out money, and then things are not going to get better anytime soon, that is going to kind of spell that you, know, you will have more people potentially defaulting at their loans. And that is one reason why the banks are not very bullish on the second half of the year. And what's going to happen is they will start to think, can we afford to give out dividends in the coming quarters? So right now, the banks give out about, give out about 30% of their profit as dividends. And the latest um, sign is a smaller bank, Bank of Communications. They reported a 15% decline in profit on Friday, And they say they are reviewing their dividend policy. But the thing is, these Chinese banks have a bit of a social contract. They kind of help to stabilize the Chinese economy and help also the Chinese government um, revive or stimulate the uh, businesses. So they kind of have to bridge between or do a balancing act between helping the economy, helping the government, but also protecting their bottom line. So it's going to be a walk on the tightrope for them. Yeah, What a profit loss, eh? Let's turn to the stock markets now as we enter the last day of the trading month. Wall Street set to wrap up its best August since the 1980s. The Dow and the S&P 500 are up 7 to 8%. The same cannot be said for Singapore, where the Straits Times Index is up just a fraction of a percent. So how is the SDI trading this morning? Yeah, looking at the regional numbers, we are seeing most markets in the green. Korea and Japan up, uh, Australia pretty much flat right now. And looking at Singapore, it is in the green and it is at 2,551. And in terms of, um, I guess, companies to watch out for, banks on Friday were doing well. So that lip support of the markets. So they are extending their gains. DBS again leading the way it is right now up by 1.4%. And Interesting to watch out for, I guess, is Accenton. So these, uh, this is the company owned by B- BN Group, Bella Graph Nova Group. Uh, they have been in the news for the wrong reason the entire week. And the latest is Accenton has filed an SGX filing requesting for suspension. So what's going on is uh, previously it was on, on trading halt because they were pending an announcement. So they've come out this morning around um, a couple of minutes ago to say, they are requesting a voluntary suspension pending the release of an announcement in relation to strategic changes to be made in the business direction of the company. And of course, Exington's um, board of directors, the chairman is Evangeline Shen, one of the founders of BN Group. So the company in the spotlight once again. So 
look out for it to develop for the rest of the day. Thanks very much. Ryan Huang there joining me in Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.